You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Welcome into just another sports podcast here on the Sports Objective Network. I am your host, Kyle from LaGrange Barber, and joined with me tonight for episode two. Unfortunately, um, he had to miss the first episode. Uh, we have the head coach of Northeast Academy in beautiful, historic, scenic, Lasker, North Carolina, Mr. Stevie Fly. Stevie, welcome to show number two of your show. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, sorry about last week, guys. Uh, I would a whole lot, I would a whole lot rather been with y'all last week than doing what I was doing last week. So uh, appreciate you guys mentioning me, making a mention last week, and everybody prayers for me last week. What we went through is 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 tough and uh, still tough, but uh, we're gonna get there. No doubt. I went through it with my mom recently, yeah. and uh, yeah, I know, you know. Well, if you want to talk about it, we'll talk about it. If not, we won't, because I know it can get emotional when you start talking about it. I got you. Uh, I got um, you. It's up to you, man. Do you do you want to talk about it before we? Well, I, I mean, just you know, I, I, you know, my dad passed away last Wednesday, um, which Diddy was eighty years old. Diddy had a lot of pro, a lot of heart problems over the years, and uh, you know, to make it to eighty would for Diddy was like making a regular person making it to ninety. Um, he was one of a kind. He was like a staple at Northeast Academy where I went to school at because we lived right across the street from the school. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's in a better place now, but I do appreciate everybody uh, checking in on me. All you guys, you know, David, Kyle, Bubba, all you guys checking in on me and all you guys out there that, that said a prayer for us. We definitely need them and still need them, but, uh, yeah, I'm gonna miss him. And uh, he was always, you know, when I got the coaching job or you know the volunteer coaching job at, at at the school, there was a there was a guy that coached back in the '70s that Daddy was really close to. His name was Dave Davis, and he was actually in the Art Baker squad. He was an assistant coach for Art Baker at ECU, and then he went on to uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Ferrum College up in Virginia. Yeah, we play him in basketball this year. Yeah, he, he he was the head coach there for a while, uh, a long time. He was a legendary coach. He said, "Well, you got to you got to try to live up to that." I said, "Well, you know, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see." So actually, uh, Dave Davis was his name, the guy that was coach, and he he was actually at the funeral uh, Saturday. So, uh, but he's retired from fair. I'm not retired from coaching. Um, but yeah, Daddy, Daddy was was something else. I, I you know. I'm gonna miss him, but uh, you know, I'm gonna talk, you know, I had a, I had almost 50 good years with him, and uh, just gotta gotta remember the good times I had with him. Yeah, no doubt, it's it's hard. I lost my oh, mom. Yeah. My mom was 69 when she passed away in like March, and uh, you know, um, your dad made it to 80. I'll I'll uh, it doesn't make it any easier, but no. In my opinion, when I look I look at things like this, and this is just the way I look at it. To me, 70 is old age. To me, anything after 70 is a bonus. And I know for any of our viewers right now that are some 72 or 73, they're probably flipping me off. Yeah. But that's just how I look at it. Your dad made it to 80. Um, as Brandon, you know, Brandon, Brandon knows, you know, personally, 
yeah. not everybody makes it to 80. And so uh, your, your dad was lucky to, to be here that many years. Let me, just, let me just tell you some of the things that guy went through. I mean, this started in 96. He had uh, a bypass. After the bypass, he had a valve blow off his heart. Had emergency surgery for that. Then went back for his three-month checkup. They found a hole in his heart. They had to patch that. That was like a 14-hour surgery. Uh, let's see. Had some other heart attacks, defibrillator, pacemaker, stroke, uh, gallbladder surgery, after the, and this was after the heart problem. And then, you know, what really put him down, he broke his hip about three years ago, and he just never really got his strength back from that. He just didn't have to, you know. And COVID, well, he never got COVID, but not being able to go out because of COVID really set, depressed him too. So, but he he did all, he went through a lot. He was one tough guy. I mean, yeah, I, was, I hope I can be as tough as he was. He sounds like a warrior. Well, I hope you don't have to be. Oh, uh, I hope I don't have to be, but I hope in other ways I can be as tough as he is. Yeah, no doubt. And you deal with what you have to deal with as it comes, as I found out myself. When you, you you'll be surprised if you can deal with it until you have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, but. Glad you're here with us this week, Stevie, man, and just, you know, grieve at your own pace. That would be my biggest advice to you, not that you're asking for it. Grieve at your own pace. There ain't no timetable on grieving. And just because somebody else gets over something in two days, it might take you two years. Just uh, yeah. I'm finding yeah. that out too, bud. <laughs> yep. so. Brandon, uh, we're, we're going to welcome you in now. we got a former East Carolina running back and assistant coach at uh, Southeast Raleigh, uh, the one and only – Mr. Brandon Simmons, Brandon, I, every time I talk to you, when, when I think about you, I immediately go back to the uh, 2008 UTEP game. And uh, we were down to you and Norman. In fact, I don't even think Norman Whitley was healthy for that game. Was it just you and your brother? So, so, so Norman, uh, Norman was healthy, but at that, at that present time, it really boiled down to, you know, whoever had the hot hand and, and running back by a committee because there was a lot of talented running backs in that class and um you know things just started clicking but but i appreciate the invite it's always great connecting with you guys and i and i look forward to you know talking ball with you guys again um, blessings to your families and um i'm glad to be here yeah we're glad to have you brandon Thanks always good to, thank you for being here bud. always good to have you on good running back great human being um <laughs> So glad to have you here, and uh, we'll talk. Uh, I do want to talk briefly about your career, even though we've done it before. We haven't done it on this particular show um, before we get into to breaking down the running back rooms and what's going on uh, the Southeast Raleigh with high school football. But uh, so we, we, when you look back at your time at East Carolina, is that UTEP game, is that the game that stands out most for you, or is it a different game? Um, I will say that the UTEP game is very high on my list. Well, for two reasons. One, that game pushed us over the top. It, it really gave us the momentum to play in the Conference USA Championship. Um, and, and it wasn't just me, but it was a it was a whole team effort. The defense was on fire, and offensively we were rolling. And it, it was pretty awesome to be a major contributor on that day, which was Senior Day. Yep. Um, I mean, we even returned a uh, a, a botched uh, kickoff by them um, back back for a touchdown. Okay, so everything was clicking there. Um, but for me, um, you know, one of the more memorable games that I recall from that season. I mean, it's easy to say the Virginia Tech or West Virginia game, but I want to break it down to the UAB game, and because the UAB game up until that particular time. 
ECU. I never won in Birmingham. Yes. ECU did not win a lot of games in, in Birmingham. They never had won there. one. Right. So so for us to be behind and 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 I remember one play in particular is a fourth down for in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, our backs were to the wall. Coach Fit, you know, he gave me the call on a dive play on yep. fourth and three, picked up the first down. Um, you know, J.R. Rogers got in there, Norman Whitley got in there. Um, and then, you know, I, I got back in there on the goal line and, and drove the drove it in and, and punched it in. And the defense got a stop. I want to say Pierre Bell got a stop, interception, et cetera. Yep. And, and the game was over. So for me, that game was was, you know, the UTEP game was very, very important. But I want to but I would put the UAB game on the same tier, maybe a little bit higher, because that's the game that won the East. And, and once we won the East, that gave us the momentum against UTEP and then. For UTEP, we ended up taking taking care of Tulsa. You know, yeah, well, my experience was great. Yeah, the the UAB game. Um, uh, as Skip Holtz used to always say, uh, it's not a pretty baby, but it's our baby. That was a, yep. one ugly football game <laughs> in the. Um, and I remember, I remember Brandon. If I'm remembering right, did it sleet? Was there a little bit of sleet at UAB that night? If I'm, am I remembering, is that the right game? Yes, yes, yes. So, so there was a little bit of sleet. But the last time, so so part of the reason why that game was was very very eerie for us was because the year before, like the, the Hawaii Bowl year, we went to Marshall and all we had to do was beat Marshall yeah. and we'd be playing that <laughs> yeah. championship. But we got dominated, right? Well, the year before that, my sophomore year, right. all we had to do was beat Rice and we and we laid an egg. So you know, we went to UAB. And my sophomore year, I remember we lost the game on on a, I want to say um Philip uh, Henry. Philip Henry. Henry. Yep. yep. So we so we lost the game that way. So 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 there was a lot of um, emotion that was built into that game, but we felt that by winning that game, you know, that took the monkey off our backs and, and that helped catapult everything else, you know. So so I guess that's why the UAB game was very, very hard and challenging because up until that game. Nothing went our way in, in Alabama. No, you're right. And he clinched the East, and it was a very big deal. Uh, you did have a game in between that, if I remember right. It was a game in between that and UTEP. It was a loss at USM, but then you guys bounced back after the Southern Miss game and uh, and beat UTEP. You had – do you remember your yardage against UTEP? It was – yeah, it was your biggest day, Rose. Uh, I want to say it was like 120 yards, like 30, 30 uh, carries, um, three uh, – what? Three rushing touchdowns, one reception, um, touchdown, five yards, something like that. So, um, <laughs> fun times to be a pirate, I'll say that. Sometimes, just trying to remember back, it's hard to remember individual players and games, but did, am I remembering right? Did you have a big play in the Liberty Bowl against Arkansas? Yes. So, that play, yes, I did. So, that play was um, we were in the pistol formation, and I was the fullback, and J.R. Rogers was behind me. And we 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 and we've been practicing to play like all week with we'll Coach Fitch called trap. It was a trap play to the right, and you know, uh, you know, PP gave me the ball and the line did a good job of blocking. And then suddenly I saw daylight, and uh, I ran straight, and it was pretty cool because I looked up and I saw myself running on the on the Titantron, and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Um, and then as soon as I crossed the goal line, a lot of my teammates ran in and we celebrated, and yeah, that was a good time, you know. Now, obviously, yeah. the ending was very disappointing. Yeah. But I will say that uh, the experience down there, 
uh, was fantastic. We got a chance to see the Civil Rights Museum. We got a chance to, you know, hang out with one another. We got a chance to eat great food. And, you know, outside of the loss, everything, everything was fantastic. Everything. Yeah, the bowl game experience. And and, and uh, it brings me up to a question I'm going to ask you just, and Stevie, jump in anytime you want to. Okay. Uh, just just a general college football question. You, you mentioned how, how valuable the bowl game experience was for you and how much you enjoyed it. Um, what is, what's your opinion on, and I know it's, you know, it's hard to say when you're, when you're sitting there, a kid, you know, who maybe comes from a poor background, hell, if you even came from a middle-class background and and you know, you're about, you know, you're about to go to the NFL and you're about to become a millionaire. These, the kids sit out the bowl games. I'm torn on it. I want to say play the damn game. You're part of the team. Don't let your teammates down, be a college football player, go get the bowl experience, you know? Do what you're supposed to do. Finish what you started. But at the same time, I can see the other side of the of the coin. Also, you don't want to get hurt right before you're about to go make the most money you've ever seen in your life. Uh, absolutely. And, and to be fair, you know, I've seen it multiple ways. I mean, like seriously. I mean, like you guys, I understand both angles. Uh, and, and for me, you know, I respect the decision of the athlete. I mean, if the athlete wants to play. And they're a lottery pick, a first round pick. And, you know, if they don't want to play, then, and that, you know, that's fine with me. You know, what I do know is that there's a lot of depth on these teams and it gives these younger guys an opportunity to get themselves out there, you know. So um, I see both ways and, and I understand both ways. Uh, at the end of the day, I personally think that the athlete and their family and their coaches just have to be on the same page with, with that decision. So um, I, I'm fine either way. I mean, it's kind of a bummer when you don't have a first-round talent out there performing, right. but at the same time, you know, I you know, I want to see who else is on the roster, you know. So, so uh, I, I understand both ways. Yeah, that's, that's that's the way you got to look at it because, like like Kyle said, I'm torn. Uh, I look at you know, of course, I never I never got past the high school level, but I I understand that if you're gonna you're going to make some major money and you don't want to take the chance uh, of getting that, that big injury that's going to hurt your dra- your draft stats. But I just, I look, here's a question for you guys, you know, back in the, in, in our, I guess our era of football in which we watch back in the eighties uh, and up into the nineties, these guys did it all the time. And, and, you know, I don't remember many of them having something like that. I know there's a right. calculated risk now, but, you know, these guys did it back then, and uh, you look at a guy like uh, – Theoretically, Barry, the game's safer now. Yeah, you look at a guy like Barry Sanders. I think his senior year played in, like, the Hawaii Bowl or something like way overseas and, and you know, took a chance there. But, you know, I, just, I, I see both sides. But I'm just saying, back in the day, these guys these guys did it all the time. It, it never entered their mind to, to, to sit out the bowl game with their team. Well, Stevie, to bring it full circle, the, the Hawaii Bowl, and Brandon, I'll pitch it to you with this because he was your teammate, but a great example of somebody, and this is really before sitting out became a thing. Yeah. Chris Johnson, Chris Johnson upped yeah. his draft status because of his performance in the bowl game. So, Brandon, that's what I want to pitch Absolutely. to you. Yeah. yeah, so, so, so yeah, and that's what, that's, that's what I was going at. So, you know, so I love the bowl games. Um, I, I think that it's great for the game. Um, you know, from, from a business perspective, the pageantry is fantastic. Um, the marketing is, is box office. 
and your stock could go up if you put on a show. Why? Because everyone in the country is tuning in to watch you play. Okay. But I'll take it a step further. So, so for example, my, my, my teammate, Chris Johnson. Hey, listen, I knew he was a baller. We all knew he was a baller, yeah. but the world learned that he was a baller exactly. that day. And if it wasn't for the bowl game on Nash on a nationally televised, you know, uh, broadcast, no one else would have knew of him. But he ripped it up, and the rest is history. But I'll take it a step further. I love the bowl games, and I think the bowl games are important because those are memories that you're building that you'll never exactly. get back. Okay. Exactly. And, and what I mean by it is this. So we talk about the games, like as a former player, we talk about the games and, and, you know, I still talk to my teammates about the games, et cetera, but we talk more about, you know, the, the non-game. We talked about, yeah. you know, how, what, what, you know, again, I came from a small town, so I didn't get a chance to go to Tennessee, right? I didn't get a chance to go to Hawaii, right? I didn't have, you know, until I started playing football. So, so the opportunities that the bowl game presented, and the memorabilia yeah. that I still have at my house right now from those bowl games, the 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 jerseys in the trophy case, the plaques, etc. I mean, those are memories that last a lifetime, you know. And, and once your pro career is done, I mean, let's call it for what it is. I mean, you you know, you're just a number. But when it comes to that college stuff, I mean, we, we're talking about unique items and relics that will never be replaced, you know. So, absolutely. No. Uh, Brandon, I'm with you 100, percent man. I, yeah, I think, and, I, and I think that's a great way to put it. And maybe some players, hopefully, any of our players that, you, that, that listen to our podcast uh, will listen to what Brandon said there and take that to heart and uh, remember that come bowl season. Hopefully, uh, you'll have that decision to make. Um, uh, speaking of the past, we mentioned Chris Johnson. We got Brandon Simmons here later on the show. Stevie and I are going to give our top five favorite running backs in East Carolina history. This is not the top five Did best you? running backs. Didn't you, say, didn't you say Brandon Simmons was number one for both of us? We had to put Brandon Simmons for number one? <laughs> yeah, I, that's, yeah, Brandon Simmons. Oh, my goodness. Let me ask Brandon before we get off here. Cause I, I, uh, we, we tried I, to get, I tried to get various running backs on here that um yeah. that that uh that that uh that I have on the list that didn't want to come on tonight, so maybe I need to put Brandon at number one. He bailed me out. <laughs> Brandon, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if, you, and I'm sure you probably played other sports in high school. But don't you think, and maybe you disagree with me, don't you think there's something different about football that, that bonds guys together? Because you're going to war every every Saturday or Friday or Sunday. With 10 guys, you may not like at the time, but on, on that particular day, they're like your brothers, and you're going you're gonna to take up for them. And, you, you know, I've still got, like, my wife kills me right now because I can tell her uh, stuff that happened in my high school days, which has been shoot, that's been 32 years ago at a game play by play. And I can't remember what to get from the grocery store that she told me that day, but don't you think football is a little bit different than any other sport as far as that bonding and, and, and making the memories like you were talking about? Absolutely. And the reason why is because, well, I will say this now, you know, I, you know, I, I respect all sports like you, Definitely. like everyone up here on this, on this podcast. And, you know, there's a lot of coaches out here that's working hard. There's a lot of athletes that put a lot of time in. Communities are behind them. We get it. We understand. Okay. But football is very unique. And the reason why football is very unique is because it's hard. Not to say that the mother sports ain't hard, but football is hard. Okay. Football is hard. Okay. And we tell our athletes all the time. And as long as I've been coaching, even and even as a former player, okay, 
if any athlete was to walk up to me as a coach's head and say, hey, listen, coach, you know, thank you for the opportunity, but I'm going to hang this up, right? Like, I won't be mad. <laughs> I won't be mad. I'll respect them as a person. I'll say, hey, listen, I understand you gave it a shot. Thank you for, for giving us an opportunity. You know, I can still write you a letter of re recommendation, et cetera, okay? But football is so unique. You spend so much time together as yeah. players, as coaches. I mean, for example, you know, when Bubba sent me the text, hey, are you, you know, do you want to come on? I said, oh, man, like, I was at practice right there, you know, bleeding <laughs> over, right? Like, we, yeah. we were, because of the heat advisory, you know, we had to go inside. We had to take pads off, and then yeah. we back outside. But everybody's moving in the same direction, you know? Um, but football is very unique. It's very hard, but it pays dividends. Okay, you 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 build lifetime bonds. I mean, a lot of my 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 high school teammates, okay, college teammates. You have a brotherhood that that that'll never be replaced. You know, and 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 it and it runs deeper than the actual game itself. You know, yep. so uh, everything about football, everything that it stands for, is safer than it's ever been. It really is, um, but. There's a proven fact, especially in the high school ranks. When your football team is good, everybody's smiling a little bit harder. Um, home run, yeah. home run, um, homecoming is a lot better. Um, the, the food tastes a lot better. The administration is in a better mood. And, and, and hey, man, that's that's just the honest kind of truth, you know. So yeah, football. And uh, and for our listeners, guys, we're gonna we're gonna break down the East Carolina running backs room. Uh, here soon, we got a we got something here on the screen that needs to be read. Steve, uh, go ahead and take that. You got you. I got you. Uh, yeah, let us hear from you with your thoughts on your favorite all time pirate running backs. Plus, this year's running back room with Roger Harris, Marlon Gunn Jr., Gerald Green, Javius Bond, Kamara Edmonds, and Pop McKay. Yeah, and we're we're gonna get to that here in a minute. Uh, but since we're already on the topic of uh, high school football, uh, quickly I'm gonna ask each of you guys. We're gonna start with you, Brandon. Uh, How's Southeast Raleigh looking this year? How's practice going so far? I, I assume you guys have an endowment game Friday night. <laughs> Man, I'm loving it. So so this is my first year here at Southeast Raleigh High School, um, known for, for putting out, you know, tons of track and field athletes, women, basketball players, defensive backs, football players. Um, you know, this is my first year here, and it's been a blast. Um, yes, so, so we open up, and, and this is actually the first bowl game-like that that I'll get a chance to coach in, but we're but we're going to play in the uh, Southside Classic, the Raleigh Southside Classic against Inlow at Inlow, and we're playing for the bill. Um, so so it's pretty cool. The guys are very excited, and we as coaches, we're doing all we can to keep the guys focused. Um, our guys work hard; they've been working hard, and um, and you know we're going to continue to hold them to a high high standard there. But as a coach, you know this is year thirteen for me. And, you know, I, I enjoy all the, the coaches that I'm working with. I enjoy the administration that I'm that, that I'm currently working with. I'm also a teacher in the building. And um, the goal is to get better every single day. So we're, um, we're getting better, working hard, ducking the heat. And uh, our first game is um, on Friday. Friday gets in love. And uh, you guys, uh, you, 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 uh, you call off as a coordinator, if I remember correctly. Uh, so uh, you, you going to drop 70 on them? <laughs> well so 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 the number one goal is to win the game yes yes so so i'm, I'm co-offensive coordinator uh, quarterback coach but uh but you know wherever my my head coach needs me to to, to work at uh, i'm flexible i mean if he needs someone to to assist with special teams i you know i don't mind helping there 
Um, you know, I service the defense. Um, but whatever, whatever my coaches, whatever our coaches need, um, the, the goal is to, to, to get it done. Um, but but the number one goal on Friday is to win the game. Um, they're very, you know, Coach Clark's doing a good job over there. Um, you know, with his athletes, they're working hard as well. And, you know, we're just excited to to hit someone besides ourselves. Our JVs actually play tomorrow night. So we're, we're you know, that's going to be fun. How involved do you are with the JVs? I mean, that, I, I not ever coaching high school ball. Uh, does the JV team have a separate head football coach or is it the same coaching staff? How does that work? So, 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 uh, so, so different programs do different things. Um, but it, but in our current program, you know, we do have um, a separate JV head coach, but all the assistant coaches help the JV program. Like, okay. for example, I work with the varsity quarterbacks, but I also work with the JV quarterbacks as well. Um, and, and it's a little bit more work on our end as coaches. But what I do love about it is that we get a chance to work with our young players as freshmen and sophomores. So by the time they become juniors and seniors, you can have those guys to take over the position and help coach up the technique the correct way. You know, uh, we yeah, have a lot player of players. Coach, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we have a lot of players in our program. So, so it's right. very important that all coaches assist when they can, and, and it just works. Varsity and JV combined, how many players are in your program? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, hard number. I would probably say maybe 85 to 90. Stevie, do you want to do you want to go to Raleigh and kick him and then drive back to last year? Can you send about ten or fifteen down my way? (laughs) He'll get them. He'll get them free. He'll get them free tuition at the academy there, uh, Brandon. (laughs) Oh, I believe it. I believe it. See, and and that's and and I believe it because at the end of the day, you know, and something else that I'm just learning about the high school experience is that you know more now than ever before, athletes and their families have to do what's best for the family. You know. And if it and if it takes going to an academy to get a plus education and still get a chance to play eleven or eight man football, um, basketball, track, hey, we you know we definitely understand that. And uh, and Stevie, you're the head coach at uh, Northeast Academy there in Alaska, North Carolina. You play yeah. eight man football. Do you guys open up this Friday or the following Friday? Yeah, we open up Friday. At, we travel down to Columbia, which is about an hour and a half. Terrell County. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Road Who are you trip. playing? Columbia. We're playing. Oh, Columbia. So, you, so they play eight man football down there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you we play was, in a public school, but they play an eight man ball. Yeah. We were actually uh, two years ago, we had them scheduled. And I don't know what happened. Uh, they were, they, they rescheduled the first week to our bye week. And then the, the, when it got to that time, I think their numbers were so down that they okay. just said they, they couldn't, they couldn't do it. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it because uh, we've got, you know, I don't quite have 80, 80 some in J- between JV and, and varsity. I think between JV and varsity, we may have twenty five between twenty five to thirty, which is really wow. good for us. Uh, I got seventeen on varsity and uh, actually five seniors, which is you know that's the the uh, the key the key players there. We've got some guys some underclassmen that are stepping up have stepped up over the last couple of years. And uh, hopefully, you know, I've got a couple of positions that I've, I've had to put guys in and hopefully, hopefully everything's going to work out. I think we've got a chance to be a really good team this year. Uh, we've got a, a some big competition with Halifax Academy and Lawrence Academy. So uh, uh, and it, 
that's going to be – they'll probably be near the top of the conference. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll be right up there with them. You know, it interests me. You guys playing Columbia Public School. Well, we played Madden Mesquite too. Yeah, how many schools are doing eight-man ball now? Public oh, it's not – look, because the reason we're having to travel so far is because not many people are doing eight-man. Uh, yeah, they, I didn't know any public schools were doing eight-man football. Anymore. I did. Well, I didn't I didn't either till Columbia came along a couple of years ago. Um, okay. And Madame Mesquite was always off to the – you know, I always saw them out there, but we hadn't played them right. this year. And now a lot of you – know, some schools aren't even having eight-man teams this year. So uh, – but then you've got like uh, – like the two A's, the Parrot Academies, and uh, right. uh, I think – They think tried they, to play 11-man ball briefly. Yeah, Carrie Christian and uh, Grace and uh, John Paul, that's – they're impressive. They were they are impressive. I think they're going to – I think John Paul went 11-man this year, though. They played eight-man last year. Uh, they had 40, 45 on the roster, I think, last year. Somewhere between 40 and 45 on the roster last year. So, they moved up to 11-man. Parrot Academy won the 11-man state championship at the uh, private school level and uh, played at Kinston High. I believe it was, it was one of the North County schools. I almost positive it was Kinston High. This is several years back, probably 2014 maybe. And uh, Kinston High blistered them. I, maybe that's why they decided to go back to eight-man. I don't yeah. know. But uh, – uh, good luck to both of y'all Friday night and on the rest of the season. Yeah. We'll, 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 Stevie, you'll be here every week. We'll we'll talk about your games every week. We'll oh, yeah. Hopefully, we're talking about a lot of victories and uh, Brandon. Hopefully, a lot of victories Southeast Raleigh also. But um, move on now to the uh to, to the running backs room in East Carolina. Practice is going on. Obviously, um, you know, second scrimmage is coming up this weekend. The first scrimmage is in the books. Uh, we brought down special teams last week, and uh, we'll look at the running backs this week and um. Guys, I figure we'll start with a guy that uh, everybody's very familiar with, with uh, Rajay Harris. And uh, Rajay obviously uh, came onto the scene um, strong back in uh, 2020. And, um, you know, you remember his performances against South Florida, against Navy. Uh, then, you know, um, after that, Rajay, you know, he had a decent 21. And then, uh, in 22, he uh, started off strong. Uh, he, he only played in five games and still finished, I believe, third in rushing on the football team. Yeah. Um, you know, a uh, guy who's very experienced, um, a guy who can be in every down back, but really is effective in goal line situations, third down. And um, for a, big, a bigger back, uh, Rajay's got some speed, and he also has really good hands. He, he catches the ball out of the, out of the backfield really well. Um Brandon, what are your thoughts on Rajay? So, so I, I like Rajay, um, and you just, you know, hit the nail right on the head. Um, you know, he has great size, but part of the reason why he's a Division One running back is because he can move. He's very skilled, <clears throat> and he also has a high fo- uh, a high football IQ. Um, j- you know, just some observations, you know, just from the games that I remember vividly him playing in, he understands pass protection, um, great technique inside and out, you know, when he's pass proing. But he also runs very good routes. You know, he, he runs the swing route very well. He runs the arrow very well. He can also run the angle if asked to do so. Um, but like you guys said, he makes his money running between the tackles, which 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 is what you want in, in a big-time running back. Um, you know, I do anticipate him hitting his stride about by game two, game three, to get his legs back under him. And I will say with confidence that once he uh, once he returns to, to, uh, to, to A-plus form, 
forget about it. But uh, I'm very excited about him returning. I'm happy that he was able to overcome his injury. And um, I can't wait to see him ball this year. Yeah, he, he, career uh, career yards at East Carolina, 1,445. Uh, that's in 25 career games. Um, you know, he so he, he, he's been there, done that. I, you know, I, I saw him in that COVID year, and, I, you know, to me, he's never quite been – you, you see somebody as a freshman, and you just think, oh, my God, he's going to be – this yeah. year, to me, I use Dominique Lindsay as an example. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Brandon, you play with Dominique. Um, as a guy Absolutely. who – as a guy who – you saw it, you saw it, and he kept getting injured. And then he, you know, and, and he got to come back that, that 09 season. He was supposed to be uh, starting the 08 season, got injured. Then he came back that 09 season, and it was just a beast. And I'm hoping the same thing out of Rajay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Dominique, man, and, and, you know, the time I was there, listen, <laughs> you know, at the time it was all about competition. And then I look back, wow, man, like whew, that backfield was, there was a lot of talent back there. I mean, you mentioned Norman Whitley earlier, Richmond County, uh, you know, all-time leading rusher, at least up there at the top of the board, Shrine Bowl MVP, Chris Johnson. We know him. Dominique Lindsay, Charlotte Independent, don't, did, did not know how it felt to lose a game. Jonathan Williams, all-world talented. Um, but, yes, great, great comparison. Dominique, a balanced back, um, you know, very strong, very strong in the weight room. Um you know, a bull on the pass pro can run good routes because at the time, Charlotte Independent threw the ball a lot. So Dominique understood that, hey, if I can't catch the ball, I can't play. But he can also handle the mail in. You know, he can also handle a bulk of carries between the tackles well. So um, nothing but love for my, for my teammate, uh, Dominique Lindsay. But that's a great comparison right there. Great comparison. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, when you think about the running backs room, the – First name I think of is Rasha Harris right now. The second game, th- the second back I think of, and for some people they may think of him first because uh, they see the, the 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 comparison, the similarity he has to um, Keaton Mitchell, and that's Marlon Gunn Jr., who uh, you know is down from Louisiana, got a whole whole lot of speed. Yes, um, I you know I I really wonder how good he can be. Can can he be as good as? Um, as Keaton Mitchell was, I mean, it's not it's not fair to compare mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, we, you you look like him, you run like him, you're fast as him, so now go do what Keaton did last year. But uh, that's what fans are thinking. Marlon Gunn can step into that to that uh, Keaton Mitchell position. Uh, Brandon, what, what are your thoughts on, on Marlon Gunn and can he be as good as Keaton Mitchell? So, or is it fair so, to compare? So well, so I, I will say it is fair to compare, and it's not a slight, right? It's not a slight. It's fair to compare. And you did a good job of using your words carefully. You saying, hey, he could be that. Because at the end of the day, what I know for a fact is this. You know, when you come to ECU, you're going to work hard. And if you're working hard, you're going to improve every single day. So if he stays healthy and continues to get stronger, he's going to get faster. By the time, you know, he's a, you know, by the time he's a true upperclassman, you know, you'll never know. But I remember his high school tape. His high school tape had pop. Um, it's very, I, I actually see him playing some defense as well. Um, you know, heavy, you know, hard runner, but very explosive. When you hit play on the tape for his high school, t- uh, on his high school film, he's out running angles. I mean, he, he did it all. <laughs> he didn't come off the field. So 
So I'm very excited about his potential. He's very skilled. And, um, man, there's a lot of talent in that backfield. Wow. Yeah, and you know what's so funny is he didn't get as many carries last year as people think he did. The most carries he ever got in a game last year was 15 against South Florida. But he had some long runs. You know, he had a – he had a um, – he had a uh, – here, I'm looking at it right in front of me. I'm trying to get the – he had a 46-yard run in the bowl game against Coastal Carolina. He had a 26-yard run against Tulane. So you, you, you see the, the potential there for big plays out of him despite limited carries from Gunn. And uh, you see in his high school film, um, Stevie. What are your thoughts on uh, on on, uh, on Marlon Gunn? Did you get a chance to see him play? He's, any he's got a he's got a chance to be as good as Keaton, but it, you know, it's, like you said, not fair to really compare him to Keaton. But I'm just excited about you know you get that one two punch with hearing him and Rajay back in the backfield. You know, and Rajay, you know, you heard Coach Houston talk about you can't tell he's had an injury um, after he uh, after seeing them in, in practices on the field. But I think this guy is going to show some people something this year. I think he's, he's going to – it's going to be his coming out year this year with that speed because you can't teach speed. Uh, and with that, right. you, saw, you saw that with Keaton. And as bad as I hate Keaton's a raven right now, uh, but, you know, I hope, I hope Keaton has a good career. But, you know, I, I think this is going to be a good one-two punch if they can stay healthy. And, and perhaps a one-two-three punch because you got – Yeah, oh, yeah. You got Georgia, no State, Georgia, Georgia Southern transfer Gerald Green, exactly. Who uh, who had a lot of carries for Georgia Southern. He was never their featured back. Uh, I think he was typically the number two back, but uh, he 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 had uh, 240 offensive snaps during his career at Georgia Southern. 88 carries for uh, 480 yards with six touchdowns last year. Um, he what was this? I'm trying to find his career yards, guys. I'm sorry. Career yards. Hold on, I'll get it for you. Career yards was 1,456 yards, 256 attempts, and scored 13 touchdowns. There you go. So he, he's a proven commodity. Um, I I think he's a guy you'll probably – because I know they're, they're testing a lot of different guys with kickoff returns and punt returns. Um, I, I If Green can do that because, you know, he's going to be sharing snap. He, he may be three deep. He may, he may be, you know, number three on the depth chart. So he's a guy that I, I you you may see in special teams returning kicks and uh, and punts quite a bit, but uh, I, I know Bubba's watched a lot of film on Green. He's very impressed with him. Brandon, you, have you seen film on him? Yes, I, I have as well, and um, I will say with confidence that if if he is not the feature guy or number two, he can definitely touch the ball in in meaningful games, right? As a change of pace and on special teams and basically it's like this um anytime that you have a lot of skilled players and you know there's only a you know there's only a certain amount of snaps in the game all on offense and defense you better believe they're going to be on special teams so don't be surprised if our special teams is near the top of the conference when you have talented guys like that that can go someplace else and probably start not to say he won't start here, right? I mean, it, it's right. truly a, 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 you know, it's truly a competition. But um, you know, when given opportunity, I'm confident that he'll be able to make the most of most of his chances. I mean, here I'm thinking about running back screens or draws or, yeah. you know, you know, swing passes or you know, just a play or two. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so up, many things with him. And up until this past year, 
Um, he ran, you know, Georgia Southern's kind of running a, a triple option type offense uh, up until the last year. Um, so he, he's familiar with doing a lot of different things out of the backfield because when, when you're running that triple option offense, you're, you're oh, yes. running back, you're blocking, you're catching, you're doing everything. Yes, everything. And, and, and you know, I, I've, you know, I've once coached in a triple option offense. We had a chance to go to the Naval Academy and study what they do. And to plan that offense, you have to be disciplined. You have you have to be intentional with every single step you take. And you have to be very skilled. And you and you have to be sharp mentally because I mean you're you might be asked to art block here. You might be asked to cut block there. You might be asked to take the handoff and run between the tackles. Oh, by the way, you might have, you might be asked to line up on the wing and run an orbit motion and receive a pitch. So those guys, so anyone who comes from an offense, a triple option offense, you better believe they're coming to the table with a lot of different skill sets. Yeah, and he ran that most of his time Georgia Southern. They got away from that this past year, hired Clay Elton, and uh, did not run the triple option this past year, but he is very familiar with it. As we continue looking at the running back room, next guy I want to bring up, uh, UNC transfer, uh, I believe he transferred back in 21, uh, Camaro Edmonds. Um, uh I, I, I have not seen Camaro play. I don't know anything about him. Very cool name for a running back. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, his parents named him. I mean, what, what, you could have a better name for a running back. Um, exactly. I'm, I'm assuming you're familiar with Camaro, Brandon. Yes. So he, uh, so, so he's from Eastern North Carolina. I want to say he played his high school ball at um, Havelock. Um, very, very, yeah, good very, very, very good program. Very strong runner. Again, he went to Carolina. And to be honest, when he so when he was coming out, uh, I'm sorry, let me slow down. So when I looked at him just standing there, I was like, this dude is too big to be playing running back. But once I saw him run a few times against Jacksonville and all them boys, I was like, wow, no wonder he's going to Carolina because he's a big boy, but he can run. Okay. Um, he was also good friends with Tyree Brown, current pirate on Tyree Brown. So that's how I got the chance to to look at his tape in high school. He was a dominant runner. Well, he went to Carolina and, it was, you know, they had a lot of talent in the backfield and, you know, he, he, you know, got lost in the shuffle. So he came home to ECU and I'm confident that, that if he's not getting carries, you know, he'll be able to contribute in some way, shape or form, you know? So um, he just haven't been given a chance yet. Yeah. I'd be interested if he gets the ball in his hand this year, um, be it in the backfield. But do you think he could be utilized, uh, Obviously, you utilize some way on special teams. Absolutely, utilize the return man on special teams. Well, well, well. So, so, so in the return game, you know, his body type will be more, more like a, um, like the second, the second level. Maybe yeah. not so much the deep guys. The deep guys are usually, you know, uh, wide receivers. Got yeah. so um, man, those types. So, but, but if, but he, but I do think that he could, you know, he can handle like where the tight ends play. Because, I mean, he has good hands. He can run. And he has good size. And if he was to catch the ball in space, I don't really think there's a lot of people that would want to tackle him in space. But he can also run as well. Um, you know, I can also see him as like a personal protector on the punt team. I can also see him as a L4 or L5 on the kickoff team, like linebacker type guys that can run downfield. So if he's not contributing, you know, at running back immediately, I'm confident that they would use him somewhere on special teams. Yeah, and a, and a guy like that with that kind of athletic ability, yeah, you got to get him on the football field somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, another guy who, who I remember when he 
first came here, uh, maybe it was just his name excited everybody, but uh, <laughs> Pop McKay, another great wow. name, Camaro and Pop. So you, you got you, you, you got Pop McKay. Um, we've seen Pop a little bit uh, here and there. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts on Pop? Brandon, start with you. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's really the same thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, you you know, we just named off my goodness quite a few running backs. It really, I mean, it just really boils down to opportunities. And I will say that our like these these athletes, if they weren't talented, they wouldn't even be here. You know, but there's only one football and there's only one position. So, um, you know, I'm confident that he'll stay ready for his chance so that when he does get his chance, he'll make the most of it. But, you know, we just have a crowded room. And, you know, like Edmonds, I mean, if if he's not contributing immediately, um, you know, into too deep special teams or even scout team duty, you know, um, but he's too talented to do nothing. So, so. So I could definitely see him contributing on special teams, if not in the backfield. With a brand new quarterback, for all intents and purposes, I know I know Mason Garcia played in that Navy game in 2020 during during uh, when um, when Holton had COVID. But we're gonna have a brand new quarterback. Uh, we're very inexperienced at receiver. Um, offensive line, I think, is going to be probably a little bit better than people think it's going to be. I like some of the pieces there. Uh, the running back room really is something we're going to have to lean on particularly early in the year. So uh, it's good to know that we have the depth we have there. Obviously, losing Keaton is a huge loss. But I think from a depth standpoint at running back, we're as good as we've been um, in a long time. You know, and a crowded room at running back is a good problem to have. Yeah, definitely. Very good problem to have. Yeah. Uh, Do we we have any questions? from, from any of the listeners, Stevie, if not, I'll move uh, on to our list. We've got uh, Robert is, Robert Matthews is actually – it's not not running back related, but uh, I know starters haven't been named yet, but who is the front runner for the kicking duties? Uh, we talked about it last week. Um, if you want to go back and listen to that, just another sports podcast last week with Andrew Bays. Uh, we, we, we talked about that. We went over um, – Roger Harris is in the mix. Uh, Marlon Gunn's in the mix. Uh, Green's in the mix. Or three of the running backs we mentioned. Um, Josiah Hatfield or Josiah Hatfield. Um, uh, Jesus. Uh, there there was a ton of names, actually, and I, I do not remember them now off the top of my head, Robert. I apologize. Again, if you go back and listen to last week's Just Another Sports Podcast on the Sports Objective Network, I had Andrew Bays on here, and we went into depth on that. Okay. And that that was that's really the only question we've got a lot of people yeah, with the, the Jerry Rice VMI transfer yeah. left the program yeah um, Conrad and, and Carson Smith and Carson Smith and uh, Leith Majan are uh, are all looking good um, I think last year a lot of our kicking woes were due to um, the operations and you guys both coaching can talk about that. If, if your operation ain't right with your field goal game, if, if, if the guy ain't holding the ball right, right, if he's turning the laces in, if the snaps aren't getting there on time, it's going to screw the whole operation up. It don't matter who's kicking. Look, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because so we got pushed into the gym today. And what do you do when you're in the gym? You do special teams. practices over. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> or practices over. So we got a chance to get into the gym and we were working on PAT. And we were timing the operation. And it is so important. 
that the operation is very sharp. A lot of people don't think about the operation, okay? But we, but here's the operation, okay? So first things first, you have to make sure that you have all 11 people out there, okay? <laughs> Linemen, <laughs> especially if they're not starters, in all likelihood, they're going to try to come off the field, okay? Now, I don't know how rules are in, 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 in you know, in, in you guys' programs, but, you know, who our rule is this. Whoever was on the field as a lineman, you stay in. Okay, right. you stay in. So that's five. Okay. Now you got to get your two tight ends. Okay. Now you got to get your two wings. And then lastly, you need a holder and a kicker. Okay. Some people will put a quarterback at the holder. I always prefer to put a super athlete there. That's just me. For example, when I was at Millbrook, Tyler Sneed, um, former pirate Tyler Sneed, he was our holder. And guess what? He, he always made an extra point fun. You know, he'll, he'll intentionally keep the ball and run around and call fire and throw the ball in there, run it in a few times. Anyway, long story <laughs> less long. Um, special teams, the operation is so important. And everybody takes it for granted until it's bad. So you have to put time into it. You have to put time into the operation. Yeah, and Coach, Coach Houston has made it very clear. Uh, he said it without saying it, that they're putting more time into special teams during fall practice than they have in the past. He's made it very clear that we're working on special teams very hard, and it's evident you, you bring in a transfer from VMI who, who was all, um, oh, God, what conference does VMI play in? Big South. He, he was all Big South, and if that's not the right conference, somebody will correct me. And uh, he leaves the program because he was fourth on the depth chart uh, during fall practice. So that shows you it shows you how uh, how good our kickers potentially are. And uh, hopefully we've got the operation woes fixed. Uh, we promised you guys a top five running backs list. Uh, this is not top five greatest in East Carolina history. These are our personal favorites. And what we'll do, um, Brandon, if you want to jump in at any point, feel free. But me and Steve here are going to rotate here. And um, – I'm going to make sure I got my list here so it makes sense. Yeah. I, uh, I wrote it down. This is not right. Let me get to where it makes sense. It's on another piece of paper. I was looking at that piece of paper, and I said, that does not make any sense at all. <laughs> let me uh, – I will tell you this. I, this is a – this was a hard list to make. It is. Very hard. Extremely and, and, hard. Anybody, and, 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 and that's a good problem. That's a good problem. Exactly. And anybody I left off this list. Oh, I, I made I made an honorable mentions list. I made our honorable yeah, oh, mentions. I got list I got several honorable mentions over here. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna start off here and give this is favorites. This is not. I'm not favorites. saying this is the greatest favorites. These are our personal favorites. Number five is a guy I never saw play at East Carolina, but I love this dude. Every personal interaction I had with him has been tremendous. He's one of the funniest human beings alive. Great person, treats everybody like he's a nobody, even though he had a great career for the New England Patriots. Um, love this guy personally. Yeah. That's why he's on my list, even though he was playing before I was born. The one and only at number five, touchdown, Tony Collins. One of my favorite running backs of East Carolina history, not because of what he did here. I know what he did here was tremendous. I didn't see it. It was in the 70s. I was born in 1980. But he's just one of my favorite people in Pirate Nation. Tony yeah. Collins is hysterical. Um, uh, who's your Who's your number five, Stevie? Number five for me, I, and 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 like you said, uh, Kyle, this isn't just because of what he did on the field. But I had a chance to uh, interview him a, a couple years ago, and just a great guy. Uh, and and getting to, and I actually got to see him in you know in that Carolina game, the seventy to forty one game. Breon Allen, 
he's a good yeah, guy. And, you know, between him and I think was it Harrison that year? Chris Harrison like also a, a good guy. Yeah, a great one-two punch with that with that offense, that Lincoln Riley offense, and uh, but yeah, Breon Allen is my number five. Yeah, and, and I could chime in here. Like both both of the, both of those uh, both of those guys, you guys just named, fantastic. Um, you know, you know, touchdown. Uh, <laughs> got a chance to speak with him on quite a few occasions. Very selfless individual. Very selfless. I mean, it's to the point where you don't even you didn't even know that he played football because yeah. you know, he he never talks about himself. But he but he's a great ambassador to Eastern North Carolina. Definitely. He does a lot for the communities. Um, you know, he, he he's high energy. Yes, yeah, he he's is. very you know. So so uh, yes, great picks. Both both of those guys are great, great picks. Kyle, Kyle, do you remember? Were you old enough to remember seeing him play at New England? <sighs> yeah, but I I didn't watch much NFL growing up. I did not okay. become a football fan until I was uh, thirteen years old. Okay. Um, so I, uh, you know, I, yeah, he. I mean, to to see uh, uh you know, of course. At that age, for me, I think he was the first one I really remember seeing from ECU that that made a big impact in the NFL. Of course, you know, Biner came after that and then yeah. so on. But uh, Tony Collins and, you know, to see him in the Super Bowl that year, of course, unfortunately, uh, they got smacked by the Bears that year. But uh, to see him in the Super Bowl, that was a, what I was. I was 13, I think, that year. And, and I was like, you know, that's an ECU guy playing in the Super Bowl. Now, and I know many of them have played for, you know, Zach – Zach was it Zach Valentine with the Steelers, yep. but you know that was uh, one of the first ones I remember in the Super Bowl. It's always exciting, even now when when a power oh, yeah. Super Bowl, everybody gets fired up. My number four is uh, some people may say the greatest running back in ECU history. I mean, it's arguable. Uh, you'd argue it with. I think it would be probably between him, Tony Collins, and Carlos Crumpler. Uh, but uh, Chris Johnson, I got at number four. Um, you know. Chris is a guy, you know, to me, you look at his whole career at East Carolina, he always had flashes. He always made big plays. But his senior season was just so special. That 07 season, you know, he led the nation in all-purpose yards, if I remember correctly. He um, he was just a beast, man. I remember, you know, I remember some of the big plays he made, obviously, against Boise State, big plays yeah. he made against UNC in 07. Um Brandon, you were on that team, so you can speak to you speak to this. But before before uh, Stevie gets this number four, talk about Chris Johnson in 07. Yeah, well, well, so so CJ, man, um, you know, I mean, I've known him, you know, since the you know since my earlier days there at ECU, and I will say that um, he's always had potential, you know, but but what really took his game to the next level is when he started spending more time in the film room. I remember vividly. Where and again, Coach uh, Coach Smith held us to that standard. Coach Junior Smith held us to that standard. Like you know, when we were able to, like his words were simple: when you're not in the classroom, you need to make time to watch film. Well, going into that final year, I noticed that CJ was spending a lot more time with film. Um, you know, we're you know all all the running backs that year was bouncing ideas off of each other's heads, and it just clicked. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know, but he, he was a great pass protector. Like he, he was a very good pass protector. I mean, he was, he's always been dynamic running straight, but yeah. what took his game to the next level was his film and his shake in the open space. He started learning how to make people miss in, in open space and, and the rest was history. 
but um hard worker you know he um he can always run <laughs> he can always sprint but he you know he, he he got stronger he started watching tape and he started making people miss in open space and the rest was history brandon what year did you join the program was it 05 or 06 so i joined the program in 06 so i was okay. six seven and eight okay right. so you you don't remember this play but um you know when I think about Chris Johnson's best plays at East Carolina, and I promise we'll get your number, your, your number four, Steve. Oh, you're fine. When, 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 uh, when I think about Chris Johnson's best plays at East Carolina, it's so funny. There was a random play against Rice in 05 where he got behind their safeties and he caught the ball at about the 40-yard line, R40. There was not anybody within 30 yards of him by the time he got to the 50. It, 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 I don't know if it, that game wasn't even televised. It was, um, it was uh, against Rice. It was 05. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was streamed to be the old CBS All Access. So I, I don't know um, how many people even got to see that play if you weren't at the game. Uh, I don't know. Bubba's producing. If, if, if anybody else remembers that play, it's Bubba. I guarantee Bubba. it. Bubba remembers everything. He's talking but, um, about the eighty-yard screen pass against North Carolina too. Yeah, that's another one. I mentioned that when I when I said big plays against <laughs> North Carolina, that that was what I was referring to. But yeah, yeah. I, I I remember quite a few plays. I mean, I remember the screenplay. Um, you know, we we called that uh, we call that play um, Pinto right. Okay, so so all of our screen plays were were named after um, cars. We had Mazda <laughs> screen, we had Saturn screen, but that was Pinto right. And Why do y'all use any cool was, cars? Yeah, Pinto. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, so so Pinto, and, and, I, and I think that, you know the language behind Pinto was that a Pinto was slow, so like slow screen. Ah, so ah, so the yeah. footwork was when the ball snapped, the running back had to set up behind the guard, and then one Mississippi, two Mississippi, you know, slide to the right, and the quarterback put it on him, and you catch the ball, and then the rest is history. But I remember that play. Um, I remember what he did to uh, to to UCF. Um, you know, he carved them up nicely. Um, I remember when he ran wild against Memphis. Um, I mean, he he had quite a few games that that wasn't televised. And that um, Memphis game in '07 <laughs> uh, that you're yes. that you're referencing, uh-huh. he ran wild against him. But so did Patrick Pinkney. I remember Pinkney yes, had several yes. quarterback keeps in that game. Yes, yes. And, and I want to say, yeah, that was a high-scoring game, too. <laughs> it was. Bubba's also talking about a run versus UAB where he made multiple spin moves and trucked a blazer to get in the end zone. And right in front of the Murphy Center, it was like a 25- to 30-yard run. Yep, I, I remember that, too. <laughs> I do not remember that for whatever reason offhand, but if I thought hard enough, I probably would. There was so many, though. I mean, yeah. That 05 play against Rice is one nobody else remembers, except me. That play just sticks out in my head for whatever reason. Um. Uh, all right, so who's your, who's your number four, Stevie? All right, number four, and and this is a, uh, a guy, you know, that 91 team was pretty special. Of course, everybody talks about the Peach Bowl team, but a guy that was like the workhorse in the backfield with him, Cedric Van Buren was is number four for me. You know, catching that, that touchdown pass in the Peach Bowl and, and just, you know, with that wide open offense, a lot of people didn't talk about that the running back back there. They talked about, you know, of course, Dion, Hunter, uh, Jeff and and yeah, Luke, yeah. but uh, Cedric Van Buren was a big part of that offense. Yeah, you don't have a good offense if you don't have a good running back. No, you don't. Do, you don't do what you did that year without a good running back. So that's a good pick. Um, I, I don't have anything to add to that. Um, 
I, you know, I, I kept the up name with is just, you know, I remember the name hearing the, hearing, uh, hearing on the radio, uh, <laughs> the first time Cedric Van Buren. And I was like, that is so cool. That's a good name. It is a good name. Um, I, uh, number three, we'll move on to number three. Like I said, I have nothing to add to that. I, I was around during the peach bowl season, but that was before I became a diehard, but I was, I was, you know, I wish I was a diehard at that time. Um, obviously, uh, my number three on the list is, is, is the guy that was around, uh, about the time I became a diehard. This guy was the heart and soul arguably of the team about the time I came a diehard. And that's Mr. Junior Smith. Um, Junior Smith undersized, um, would get lost in the middle of the defense. And you see him come squirting out for a 50 yard touchdown run. Um, had multiple thousand yard seasons. Um, he, uh, who can forget, you know, the, the fumble ruski play they called the Gamecock that Junior Smith ran against South Carolina. Um, Junior Smith, uh, fantastic football player and uh, apparently out of E.E. E. Smith in Fayetteville. Yeah. And uh, Stevie, what are your memories of Junior? Junior Smith. Yeah, well, you, you're going to think I'm lying, but that's my number three as well. Uh, what, I mean, Good. What, he's a three-time honorable mention All-American, uh, the all-time leading rusher. At ECU, like you said, an undersized guy. So you know, me being the small guy. Yeah, I forgot well, he's an all-time leading rusher, right? Yeah, all-time <laughs> leading rusher, 30, so over thirty-seven hundred yards. Yeah. Um, I mean, being being the, the undersized guy, I always like to pull for those guys because I was like that in school too. Uh, rushed for over hundred yards sixteen times, two hundred yards twice, and I mean, you know, only player in school history to have three consecutive thousand-yard rushing seasons. So. Uh, what I mean, you can't you can't deny Junior Smith is probably one of the greatest, uh, and one of my uh, third on my list is favorite uh, ECU running back. Yeah, and it's funny you want know how good Junior Smith was. He had an NFL running back sitting behind him when he graduated. Jared yeah. fell went on yeah. to have a great senior season, then play in the league. So, uh, Brandon, do, do, do you? I don't know. Did you? Were, were you following fire football in the nineties? Did you get to see Junior Smith play? I, I know he was so, coaching so. when you played. <laughs> So, so I didn't get a chance to to watch him play like in real time, but from time to time, you know, he was my he was my college coach. From time to time, you know, we'll we'll uh, break out break out some of the old tape, and <laughs> <laughs> we'll break out some of the old tape. And sometimes, you know, we'll we'll be sitting around and we'll be talking, and he say, "Listen, this is what I mean by the shake." And we're like, "Dude, what are you talking about?" And then he'll find that clip, and we're like, "Ooh." And that, that that's uh, I don't know if we can physically do that. That, that was that was cat quick, but um, so yeah, how was you know, how was coach, Junior as a coach? Yeah, once you so, so, so Coach Smith. So so I will say that Coach Smith, um, you know, he challenged us to be more than an athlete. You know, um, from E. E. Smith, um, which is not far from my hometown, Newton Grove, North Carolina, Cumberland County, um, Eastern North Carolina. Mm, you know how it is. I mean, you have to work two times harder just to make things even. So he really, he really forced us to be a student athlete. Like we would talk about film, right? He will draw diagrams up. He'll ask us, you know, he'll share adjustments with us, etc. We'll talk football, but most importantly, he understood that you can't, you, that we can't play this game forever. So he really challenged us to take care of our academics. And we're all glad that we listened because guess what? Um, you know, our days are done 
but um that that's that's probably the that's probably the, the the best memory that i have of coach smith he really put the student ahead of the athlete yeah and and, and that's a good thing and i wish it was done more often now in college football where unfortunately being a student you know for bad or for worse with with nil paper play etc uh it's becoming secondary and uh you know he gave you good life lessons and now look at you now player career is long gone but you're a successful coach and teacher and i'm sure junior had a large impact on on your life beyond just playing football um my number two is one of your former teammates that we already mentioned uh brandon and a guy that I always loved, and you know, I don't know. I, I, we've had him on the podcast. I've interviewed him, but whenever Dominique Lindsay played, particularly his senior season, '09, he always just seemed like he was pissed off. Lindsay <laughs> always ran pissed off to me. He always did. He just always seemed like he wanted to punch somebody, and I love that. I, I remember. I remember. I was sitting in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in 2009, before the conference championship game against Houston. And the Houston players came out before the game. This wasn't on ESPN. This is I'm always getting the stadium early. And they danced on our logo at midfield. Uh, and Dominique Lindsay was so fired up and mad. His teammates were holding him back in warm-ups. He was ready to go over there and fight them off. And uh, I love that kind of dude. I love somebody that's just not not looking for trouble, but always ready for it. Brandon, is that how Dominic was, or or, or <laughs> what did I get the wrong impression of him? No, man. Listen, so 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 Dominic, you know, definitely one of my one of my all time favorite teammates. You know, uh, just because when my brother and I first joined the team, he was one of the first people, along with Alice Taylor, Dante Brown, you know, those guys, Will Bland, to welcome us with open arms. Um, you know, he was really one of the guys that I spoke to the most in, in the running back room um, for two reasons. One, he was just a real dude. Two, he's been around success. You know, he's been around a lot of success. And playing at a small school like Hopton, I didn't get a chance to play, you know, at a Charlotte Independent or play against a New Bern. So I always ask him questions. Hey, you know, how does it feel to play the state championships? How does it feel to to you know, operate in a first-class program, you know, with, with Coach Knotts as the head coach? How does it feel to be the teammate of Chris Leak at the time, you know? And he was able to share that wisdom with us. And I think that value added a lot to our team and to, into our running back room. But, um, you know, he's a he's an A1 guy, good dude. But, yeah, like you said, man, don't get him pissed off, man, because if you get him <laughs> pissed off, man, all that Charlotte's coming out of him, and uh, <laughs> nothing good comes out of that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I used to, on the sideline, I used to love watching Dominique run, man. He, he ran hard but behind his pads and very fiery, man. Good dude. Who, who, uh, who's your number two, Stevie? All right. First, uh, you know, Matt, Matt is up here talking about Junior Smith had elite balance and shifting this dude was a beast, strong for an undersized back. So, yeah, definitely. Well, some men should know. He played with him. Yeah. That's why I want to make sure I got that in. Uh, number two, you already talked about earlier. I mean, probably uh, the most successful, maybe the most successful running back in the NFL out of ECU, uh, Chris Johnson. I just remember when, I mean, Chris came out. I mean, he had the coming out and it, it, seeing how fast he was and, and the success we had after that. He put, 
you know, that those teams with, with Skip Holtz and him uh, on there and all those guys on there put ECU football back on the map. And then when he goes to the combine and, and, and sets the combine on fire with, with that uh, 40, uh, man, he, he was just awesome. And you, you never knew. It was always a chance he was going to bust a play. And you, you, you never – how do I say it? It was never uh, – Never don't, don't, you never wanted to look away. You couldn't go. No, you couldn't you, never you go get, get a soda. Why, yeah, it, it, you, you, it was always a chance he was going to bust something wide open. I mean, and uh, yeah, Chris Jobs is my number two. Yeah. Um, Brandon, you already commented on Chris, so I'm going to move on to my number one. Um, unless you had something else you wanted to say. Um, my number one is going to be somebody, it might be a little surprising to some people mm. who my number one is. Um, it's from the Ruffin McNeil era. And uh, I love this guy. Um, he's a guy that to me embodies what a pirate is. Um, he came on. Hold, hold on before you say anything. Hold on before you say anything. Cause Matt has said a hundred dollars that I can guess who Kyle's number one running back is. All right. Well, I just gave away a lot of it. <laughs> well, you just put it up. I mean, I just said, I mean, if he can't guess now, then he, I'd be worried, but uh, look, go ahead, Matt. Put it up there. Let's see if you're right. I, I would hope to God you'd be at this point. He's probably got it right now because you did give away. I think you you gave away, but he 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 had it up there before you started, so we'll see. All right, are we going to put it on the screen, or you just want? Me oh to no, say he had put he had he hadn't guessed yet. He, All right, Bubba's asking who it is. All right. Uh, that's no, no, not Brandon Simmons. He's oh, right there up there, he, he put it up there. So there you go. Yep. <laughs> Ventavious Cooper. Uh, love pick. Cooper. Um, when when he came here, look, I don't I don't remember if people remember the story. He was a junior college quarterback. The kid never played running back. Yes, he was. He was he, he, he was a high school. He was a high school quarterback. And we were looking for a running back because we had a flip in the in the, in the recruiting class. And um, Ruff contacted him or Lincoln one contacted junior college down in Mississippi, asked you know, hey, you got anybody a running back? Know anybody down there? Different team, whatever. And from that junior college rank, he said no, but I know a quarterback that's committed. I believe it was to Murray State, and he said I think he would make a hell of a Division One running back. And uh, the rest of the story is they were correct. I remember he was buried on the depth chart. Uh, UTEP again, Brandon. Um, 20, 2012 against UTEP. Um, we had a running back suspended. We had running backs injured. He, we were basically just down to him. <laughs> and um, he wildly pipped everybody because he never looked back. He <laughs> went from third or fourth stream on the depth chart to – Yep. The, by the end of the game, the, the crowd was chanting "Coop." And I remember that. It, <laughs> you remember the story? You remember the story? He walked up to Shane Carden and said, "It said, it said Shane, why are they booing us, man? We're winning." <laughs> he said, "They're not booing you, dude." He said, "They're saying your name." He said, "What are you talking about?" He said, "Listen, they're saying Cooper." He, he thought they were booing. He, he had, had nobody ever chanted his name like that. <laughs> Evidently not. He was definitely one of my favorite more, uh, most recent running backs to watch as well. Very quiet, but yep. always took care of his business. You know, one-cut runner. Um, 
you know, workhorse. Ooh, he can you know, cut on a dime. Horse. Yes. yes, he could. He can cut on a dime, you know. So, so you know, I, I definitely enjoy watching his career unfold. Good cut pick. on a dime, which to me, that is my favorite attribute of a running back. If you can cut, uh, it's mm-hmm. so pretty to watch. And and then he was another, he was he was a big game player. His biggest games yes, he were, was. In, in history were against look go back and look it up. Were against NC State, UNC, and the bowl game against Ohio. Those were his three biggest yep. games. Yes, big players step up in big games. Exactly. And I loved Montavious Cooper. A lot of people probably wouldn't have him as number one, but he was my number one. Who is your number one, Stevie Fly? All right. This number one is probably the year I re- – well, the years I really started get being a diehard ECU fan back in the early 80s, and I think that will probably give it away right there. Uh, he was a workhorse at ECU. Went on to have a great NFL career between the Browns, uh, Redskins, and unfortunately the Ravens. Uh, Ernest Biner. I yep. mean, yep. when I started started listening on the radio to ECU football back in '82, and and hear him, you were constantly hearing his name. And then the '83 team that was so great, uh, eight and three. I think what they lost the three games by combined what thirteen points to. <sighs> It was not very many. To all Miami, the Florida, schools. Florida yep. Yeah, I, that first game, and, and I hate I missed last week because we were talking about home openers. Uh, even in a loss, that home uh, – that or not home opener, but the opener, uh, even in a loss that year in 83, uh, the game against Florida State, I think WITN televised that game that year. I may be wrong, but I know I saw it somewhere, uh, the 47-46 loss to Florida State. And I mean, that team was just, you know, to go eight three and lose to like the Florida teams like that and still not make a bowl game and be ranked 20th in the nation in the final poll. It just, I, I can't understand it to this day how that happened. But, uh, you know, Ernest Bider, you know, and I pulled for him with the Browns, pulled for him with the Redskins. I even pulled for him a little bit with the Ravens, but uh, I'm glad to see he got a Super Bowl ring with the Redskins. But, uh, he's my number one favorite ECU running back. Well, uh, and, and I, I just want to add this right here. A lot of people might not even know this, but he was also Chris Johnson's running back coach for yep, the Titans. For the Titans, correct? Yep. Yep. So, so, uh, so, so that that's also a pretty cool connection right there as well. Yeah, and what are the odds of that? That's super weird. Very I don't even really think about it. <laughs> um, uh, good, good pick for number one. He's on my honorable mention list. Uh, I'm going to run through my honorable mentions, and you can do the same, Stevie. Okay. Um, I uh, Ernest Biner. Um, I also have a, a guy from the late 90s up here, a couple guys, or early 2000s, late 90s. Um, now I'm getting my years confused. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just going to shut up and name Art Brown, Marvin Towns. Yeah. Um, I know Marvin was uh, JT. Uh, he was one of the one of the shiny spots of the JT era. A guy I already mentioned, Jarris McPhail, um, who would probably be higher on my list if if, if he uh, had started longer, but he was sitting behind Junior. Yes. Um, after that is he, a guy I didn't ever see play, um, but uh, but you know deserves to be up here. Carlos Crumpler, yeah, and um, and then my my other honorable mention. I have two more. Um, one. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, obviously. Uh, Keaton just graduated yeah. from East Carolina, and uh, Keaton with the Ravens right now, and uh, hopefully he's going to do big things in the league. Um, I, I don't. I, I would be surprised if he didn't make the roster. I'd be. Shocked. Yeah, I mean, 
I can't see him not making or yeah, he, he, he's a different Somebody's gonna pick him up. Somebody's gonna sign him the next day. Yeah. Yes, he's too valuable, at least on special teams at, at the very least. Did you get to see any of the Ravens preseason game the other night? I did not. I, I didn't either. I've got I think Brandon, I've got Brandon, did you see well, uh, yes. So I got a chance to see some of it. Um, one of his big time runs got called back. Um, I want to say it was like a stretch right play. Um, he, you know, he hit the seam and he took it in and they called it back. But uh, the team really likes him as well. He also had a big time return. I want to say it was like 28 yards. Um, every time the reporters are talking about the Ravens, it seemed like they're always name dropping him. So yep. um, I think he's doing a good job, and I think that he should continue to focus on what he can control, which is the rips that he's getting, make the most of it. Um, and, you know, the rest will take care of itself. But um, he, he's, he's definitely – he's tearing it up. So if yeah, the Ravens don't want to keep him, you don't want to play against him, trust me. He yeah. should have been drafted. It's ridiculous. He should have been, yeah. yeah. If you listen to – you know, I listen to a lot of – the NFL teams podcast, the Locked On podcast. He listens to the Ravens one, and he gets mentioned uh, a lot on that Locked On yes, Ravens. Yes, he does. Podcast. And uh, you know, and then I had a couple more up here, but uh, Brandon Simmons actually, you 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 made my honorable mention list. I'm not just saying that. Um, <laughs> not not only because of your career here, um, but also because you you've been good to us personally. You know, you've been on the podcast multiple times. Um, you, you, uh, you, you took part in our podcast, our first ever live podcast event, our, our reunion party, uh, back five years ago now, Brandon, that's been, and, um, so, uh, just, not only for what you did at East Carolina, but, uh, j- just being good to us over the years, uh, Brandon Simmons, definitely on my, uh, Pirates all-time great running back list. I mean, I, I appreciate it, and you know, and you know, and we talked a little bit about this at the, at the top of the show. I mean, my experience at ECU was a great one. Um, you know, I was a part of, you know, a, a great run. Um, you know, it, you know, it was pretty awesome to to help the program through special teams and on the offensive side return back to the 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 ranks, right? You know, being a part of three bowl teams and you know, taking those life lessons and, and pointing into my current student athletes and getting into coaching myself, um, you know, giving back to the community. Again, that was all passed down from my former high school coaches, college coaches. So, so you know, I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, I, I got to ask you this because most of the guys I interview, like whether they're NFL players or college players, and especially being an ECU player and playing – at Dowdy Fickle, what was it like for you the first time you ran out in Dowdy Fickle Stadium for a game? What was that atmosphere like to you? <laughs> wow. Um, you know, so it's funny because one of my um, coaching um, friends, you know, we were teammates together. At that Elizabeth was 06 State. Memphis, a comeback win, by the way. <laughs> yes, it was. It was a comeback win. It, it, it was wow. Um, but I – so – the emotion was very high because as a high school student athlete, you could only dream of playing on a college ranks, yet alone division one. Well, once that became a reality, you know, the moment w- was tremendous. So our entrance, which I still think is at the top of all the college football, Absolutely. I'm biased, definitely but I still man. think is the truth. Um, 
and at that time, what we would do is we would always hang out in the Murphy Center in the weight room. We would talk. We would meet as a position group, as a position group. And then Coach Skip Holt said, hey, it's time to go. And then when he said that, everybody get loud. Everybody know what time it is. And we all lined up shoulder to shoulder. And there's always smoke. There's always sparks. And once the cannons go off, that's when you know it's showtime. So, um, you know, the the configuration that year or well, those years when I was there was like, the so the band, well, so the boat, oh man, that, that, that came like my junior senior year, which was crazy. Okay. So um, y'all had the tunnel. The, 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 the so we had the tunnel, tunnel the first year. We had the tunnel the first year, but the last two years we had the boat, okay. but we also had the band. The band will be split. Right. And yep. we, and, and when the cannon is going off, the crowd is going crazy. We're like running through the tunnel that the band created. Right. Uh, fireworks are going up. The fans are on their feet. A lot of energy. You see the the no, you know the 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 pirate flag on the telecom. I mean, it's it's larger than life, man. It, you know, yeah. it's larger than life. And when you come out on the, vic- the on the victory end, um, it makes it even better. You know, so great yeah. experience. Absolutely loved it. I, I'm actually getting you know hyped thinking about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> great experience, man. I'm on. I'll ask you real quick. Over a lifetime. Before he before before uh, Stevie gives his honorable mentions, I do want to ask you real quick since uh, we were talking about your first game, that 06 Memphis game. Um, I don't remember. I, did you play in that game? If you did, it was on special teams, if I remember right. Um, but what do you remember about that game? I remember trying to remember exactly. I think we got down 21-7 or 28-14 or something like that. And, and then it was just a storm of a comeback in the second half. With a pick six, and it, it just it, it we it, it went not only if I remember right, not only did we come back and win, we ended up coming back and winning it by a couple touchdowns. Yeah, so so that game, um, so I didn't play in that game. I dressed out, and the reason okay. why was because, and the reason why was because that was really my first game back. Um, my brother and I, we had to go back home um, because, matter of fact, it was after the Navy game, you know. Um, no, no, no. It was after the UAB game. That's right. Yeah. So, so, so after the UAB, UAB game, we got a call that my grandmother passed, right? Like in Newton Grove. So, so we, again, shell shark, right? We ended up not being at practice um, on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Okay. Or Wednesday. We came back Thursday, Friday, and we were still able to dress out. But Coach Holtz was like, hey, listen, take as much time as you need it. Because, you know, we're, we're a close-knit family. Right. And it was a shock that she passed. So that's what happened. So we didn't play – or I didn't play in the Memphis game. Boy, we had a bye week that following week. And then against Virginia, you know, that's when I, that's when I started playing against Virginia. That's another – After that one. bye week. That was, know, big, so, that, that, um, that was a that was a big win over the Hoos. Yeah. Uh in, in Greenville. That was a fun game. Um Memphis score was thirty five to twenty two. Yeah, they were up twenty to nothing or twenty to seven <laughs> at one point in that yeah, game. Yeah, that was crazy. That was a crazy game. Um I remember that game well. I, it's, it's such great memories. I wish I had I, I gotta I, I gotta up my D V D collection. I and I know people have more of these games than I do. I got a ton. I got a collection. <laughs> oh, those games are right there. Those yeah, it was right twenty there. to seven. And in the second quarter, yeah, you got the box score up there. Yeah, then you had like Chris Johnson with a five-yard run, Zach Slate with a pick six, pick six, uh, yep. Andre Allison with a thirty-three-yard uh, 
touchdown pass from James Pickney, and then yep. Casey Ross with a 77-yard pick six. Yep, yep. I remember two pick sixes. That was, yeah, the nail, that was the nail in the coffin with that yeah. one. And Stevie, your, your honorable mentions real fast. Okay, because I'm going to go back a little bit like I did with Biner. I'll probably go back a little further than you did with some of these guys. But one guy that doesn't get mentioned a lot that was a big running back back in the day with Biner, too, was Tony Baker. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and let's see. I had uh, McPhail. I had Leonard Henry. Uh, Dominic Lindsay. Uh, did, did I left out Leonard Henry completely. Yeah. Holy <laughs> Crap! How did I leave out? See, that's the what I'm saying. Time. This list was hard, dude. Because I, I, I yeah, yeah there it's was hard. No it's excuse. a hard There's list. No man. excuse to leave out. It, it, it's like it's like uh, picking a favorite youngin' sometime. I yeah, mean, but I didn't even put them on my. That that was completely just I, I oversight on my part. Not that. And I'm just naming some of them that you don't have, you didn't have on your honor or your list or honorable mention. But you know, uh, let's see who you know. Of course, Keaton was was an honorable mention. Um, Scott Harley was up there, but you know, Scott Harley had that that really that one really good year. Yeah, yeah, and uh, another guy that did, doesn't get talked about a lot, David Daniels. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably before your time too, Kyle. Yeah, uh, Leonard Henry's one that uh, yeah, no yeah. excuse for to leave him off. Um, arguably, should have been in both of our top fives. Uh, Leonard Henry was incredible. Well, well and, and I can also add on to that as well. Like, uh, so, so when Leonard Henry, Jerry Smith fell, right? Oh, yeah. Um, all, all those guys. So we all come from the same area in Sampson County. Right. right. All like they went to Clinton. I went to Hopton, which is about maybe 10, about maybe 10 miles apart. Right. Um, but Leonard. So, so I got a chance to like really learn Leonard and Jerry's because both of them are doing a lot for the community along with like Willie Parker. He's also from Clinton as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are doing a lot, a lot of good for the community. Um, Leonard, you know, he's a preacher, right? He's a preacher and, you know, he comes back and he gives back to the community a lot. I know a few years ago, and this is when I was at ECU, um, we actually host a camp at Hopton. It was a, it was a group project, right? Uh, yeah. A high school student at, at Hopton hosts a project. Well, a part of that project, he wanted myself, my, my younger brother and, um, Leonard, like former ECU players, to come back and sp- talk and speak. And Leonard, he did it with no problems. You know, he didn't ask for no money. He was just like, "Hey, listen, I want to give back to the community." And that's just the type of guy he was. So, so growing up watching him play, because to be honest, you know, him and Willie and them boys, the way they played, you know, even Brian Peterson, you know, at NC State, you know, those guys made you know the younger guys like myself wanna, you know play on that level yet on the ecu like i remember yeah. 22 i remember him at, at, at ecu and i'm like yo like he's from clinton so if he can play then i remember his short career for the dolphins and i was like well hey if he can play at ecu and make it to the league so so you know so can we you know so but um that's a good point uh, that's a good point yeah how, how these players and you know as an adult i don't think about it very much but how these players can be role models for, for kids who see them. Hey, he's from my hometown, and uh, that's why I, I, I think it's so important to recruit. Uh, yeah. I, know he, I know he's not an ECU guy, but you know, you, you look at somebody like Willie Parker. You know, goes on to, and I think to this day still holds a record for longest run in the Super Bowl. Yes, he um, does. Yeah, yes, see, does. I'm a I'm a diehard Steeler fan, Brian, and I have been for 45 years. So anytime I get to mention a uh, make a Steeler reference, and that's why you hear me saying. Uh, 
I hate the Ravens. The Ravens, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was praying that, that Keaton would end up anywhere but Baltimore, and that's where he ended up. At. But well, so I'll add this as well. Um, so about Willie Parker. So and, and I know he played. You know he didn't play at ECU, but Willie. So I got a chance to like really learn Willie Parker throughout my coaching career. So him, Tory Holtz, you know, they were all coaching at Heritage High School up here in Raleigh. Um, at the time, I was coaching at Wakefield. I even was coaching at Millbrook. But I got a chance to, like, really get to know those guys. And, you know, just looking at how many camps they were putting on, like the Holtz brother camps, right, free of charge for the community kids. Willie Parker out there coaching running backs. I will join in as well. And and so I got a chance to like really work with these guys and get to like know who they were beyond being an athlete. And it seems to me like most of them are on the same page. Again, you know, we all used our ability to get an education. And if we get a chance to play in the league, hey, listen, that's great. But we all understand that there's a life beyond the game. And it's very important that you pour it to the community because the people before us did that to us you know so the goal is to keep that cycle going to keep every, you know to keep these younger guys out of the streets so that they can build their communities and and you know do good for everybody and uh and, and brandon um as we start to wrap this up i would be remiss if i didn't ask you uh to talk about your brother jason and uh you know unfortunately we lost we, we lost your brother and uh, j- just talk about him as a person and being a teammate with him at east carolina so, you know, great, great feeling. Um, you know, the funny part about it is that, you know, Jason and I, we were always teammates. We were teammates in middle school. We was teammates on JV, <laughs> you know. Um, and I say that because our, our JV team, and a lot of people don't know it, but our JV team, my freshman year, went 9-0, and right? And then sophomore, junior, senior year, you know, we, you know, we moved up to varsity and we had our, our playoff runs going to the third round every year. Um, we tra- we so we went to you know Elizabeth City State. We were roommates there. We played together there. We transferred together to ECU. We were roommates there for all the three years we was there. We shared the same backfield. Uh, we even got into coaching together. Now he got out of coaching, right? Like we coached together at Smithfield Summer. Um, we coached together for a season. He realized like, hey, listen, man, uh, <laughs> you know I need a break from football, and, and, and I respected that completely. Um, but yeah, so, so, you know, we lost him a few years ago, but I will say that with confidence that, you know, it does get better and, you know, the goal is to continue to push forward and, you know, just go from there, you know, at one point in time, like when it first happened, you know, it was, it was more of a challenge to to have a conversation about it. A matter of fact, when he passed that, that was my first year at Millbrook and, you know, I was stunned. Um, but at the same time, you know, everything happened for a reason. And the goal of my family is to to keep pushing every single day, keep getting better because no one is guaranteed to see the next day, you know? So, um, you know, that was my brother, you know, we, uh, you know, we did everything together, but my ultimate goal is to make sure that, you know, his vision lives through me every single day, you know, yes. but, um, yeah, that was my guy. <laughs> And Brandon, I don't know if you remember this. I, I kind of hope you don't. Um, but uh, at, at the uh, at the at the uh, pirate football party, Sports Objective hosted five years ago. Uh, you were one of the guests, and uh, when I first met you, introduced myself. You introduced yourself. I said, "How's your brother Jason doing?" Uh, at the time, I had no idea he had passed away. 
and you, you know, you had to tell me and it was, I felt like such an ass. And I, well, well, I, I well yeah, I, I remember, I remember, but I will say that, you know, I wasn't offended by, I was not offended by it. Um, you know, there was a few, a few of my teammates that did, you know, they, they know now, but at that particular time, they didn't really know because when it happened, it wasn't like it was like right. blasted across every form, you know, because, you know, we at the same. So so I will say with mourning, right, like, you know, you want to mourn, but life still goes on at the same time. So it's like you got to you got to find that perfect medium between business and mourning. And at that particular time, you know, we wanted to to respect. The, you know, my mother's privacy, Gross. right? My family's yeah. privacy, right? So we put it out there, but once we put it out there, we didn't really work it through social media because at that time I was away from the phone and I'm glad I was because, oh my gosh, there was so many calls, so many texts. I mean, the, the funeral was, was packed to the max. I'm like, my God, like there's so many people. They even put up a, a bulletin board in Goldsboro, which was awesome, um, you know, in, in memory of him, you know, so... I well, didn't get offended well, what by. What was Jason's ties to Goldsboro? Well, well, no. So, so, so he didn't have ties to Goldsboro. It was just Eastern North Carolina. So, okay. so it was just a big board that was okay. in Eastern North Carolina, and it was surreal because yeah, I, I didn't even know that it was there until someone took a photo of it and sent it. I was like, "Yo, what yeah, is, it, this is crazy!" And, and that makes me feel even worse that I didn't know and ask you about it because I am Kyle from Lagrange, and if you know Eastern North Carolina. <laughs> You know where Lagrange is to Goldsboro. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's all good, but uh, but but definitely appreciate it. And I will say that you know we we do remember him every single day. Um, you know, anytime that I'm like in my hometown, I pay him a visit. You know, um, his room at my mother's house is decorated with pirate gear. He was also a Steelers fan as well, so it's oh, wow. Steelers stuff, ECU yeah. stuff memorabilia etc and um you know we just uh we just keep moving forward yeah well, anytime you lose somebody particularly premature um it's hard and it's it hard is. when you lose anybody and uh, yeah. we started the podcast talking about loss of a father one to talk about the loss of a brother and uh you know and, and all i'll say is you know dealing with the loss of my mom here recently and it lost several people out throughout the years it's yeah, you know, like I told uh and anybody out there that's listening, and you know, this is a sports podcast, we're all the family and you know, as you both know and as I know, uh you grieve at your own pace and don't let anybody tell you any different. And like Brandon Absolutely. said like Brandon said and uh Stevie, I told you this the other day, Brandon said the same thing. Keep moving forward, baby. That's that's keep it. moving forward. Yep. T- take yep. take take your time and I will say this. Um, take your time. It's okay to mourn and you know it's okay. Like, perfectly. It's okay. It's normal. It's fine. Yep. All right, guys. Well, you know what? I think we're going to do everybody a favor tonight and not talk about conference expansion. Um, <laughs> it is, okay, it is. we got Justin Butts saying he's working Southeast Raleigh Friday night. Justin. Okay. Just, hey, Justin, I, <laughs> he's working Southeast Raleigh Friday night. Uh, Justin, do you, do, you have any, uh, do you have any information, any updates on conference expansion? We know that you're privy maybe to some inside information. Anything you want to discuss, Justin? Uh-oh. All right, we, we won't put Justin on the spot like that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, well, if you don't know what Justin does, uh, 
he uh, he's involved uh, with East Carolina athletics. He uh, he, he, he with the hall. He's, he's saying he can't say LOL wink wink. All right, there you go. Okay. All right. Well, I, w- I will say that uh, you know if any of you guys are ever in the area and and you know want to get into a game, let me know. I will say that Friday is going to be a packed house. Um, you know, you know, this is a big time game for the South Side and Raleigh. Um, they've been pushing it and we're playing for the bell. And um, you know, the Bulldogs and the Eagles, the goal is to, you know, give everyone something to to be excited about, you know. So look forward to it. Yeah, look forward to Friday night football. Uh be I'll be uh checking all the scores Friday night, uh, here locally in East North Carolina. I know there's coverage in Raleigh, WRL. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, uh, Stevie, do you, do, do you guys uh, do you guys get any coverage anywhere? I don't know. Being, being a small academy, does WITN or any of the Virginia sections cover you guys? If, it usually, if we play somebody like a a, a parent academy uh, or something like that, up into like we were on Channel Five when we back in the day we played St. David's up okay. there. Uh, we were up there a couple of times, but you know, usually not a lot of people, not a lot of the uh, TV stations are going to come down to the big metropolis of last. Well, what is your primary? What, what, you, you're on that Virginia North Carolina border. Is WITN yeah. your primary station, or do you guys watch most of the Virginia stations? See, the, the funny thing is, they give us, uh, they give us uh, Norfolk. Yeah, the Norfolk channels. Uh, Justin Buds is saying, Parrot, y'all go play a real school game, Wayne Christian. Wow. We have played Wayne Christian over the years. We actually, uh, the, ooh, what year was it? COVID year. I was the head coach at JV and we beat, I won't, I won't say it was Wayne Christian we beat in the championship game. So, yeah. Uh, Stevie talking I correct. think it was Wayne Christian now. I mean, I may <laughs> be wrong. I'm going to make it up. Yeah. No, ne- I, next I, week, I, somebody's going to be like, hey, why don't you play? Hoggard Academy and Stevie's going to be. You know, we beat them for the oh, state championship. Them, but, uh, no, Wayne, Justin's saying his wife's a cheerleader. And, and Justin, if if she was. Your you know, wife's currently a cheerleader in high school, Justin? Well, I don't know what you think about that. Cheerleading coach at Wayne. Oh, Christian. okay. All right. Uh, if she was back three years ago for the JV, so they y'all probably made. Justin, they, you, you can't forget. If you ever make the trip to Lasker, you will never forget it. It laughter, North Carolina. Yeah, you will never forget it it's, because it's really blink, in Virginia. If you blink, you will go through it. I mean, ninety-five people in the town, one stoplight, and uh, but we are, you know, we're a good. We got a good, good crew down here. The suburb of Virginia, Lasker, North Carolina. All right, no, guys. no, not a suburb of Virginia. Come on, yeah, dude. basically. Uh, no, all right, guys, unless we know. No, you <laughs> no, can't write with a suburb of Roanoke Rapids. Then, all right. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, I. Uh, Unless we got anything else, Brandon, you, you got any social media, anything you want to promote? Uh, well, um, like always, man, um, you know, I do appreciate the invitation. Um, you know, anytime that I get a chance to, to connect with you guys, you know, we always have a great time. Um, you know, as far as social media, um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty involved. I'm pretty active with social media, but my coach's social media is coach underscore B Simmons. And, you know, I, I proudly support ECU football through my coach's Twitter. Um, and I also proudly support you guys as well. So um, that's why I spend most of my time throughout the day whenever I'm on social media. Anything football, anything sports related, I'm on it. But All I right. do appreciate the invitation. 
Um, and anytime you guys want to talk ball, y'all know, how, yeah, contact me anytime. And I, if I'm not coaching ball, man, I'm always willing to talk it. So thank you for the invitation. <laughs> Bubba, if there's anything I need to promote, put it on the screen now. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to do that. Justin is saying that game I was telling you about, he said, I acutely officiated that game that y'all played there. There you go. That was, a, that was a born burner of a game, too. All right. Well, we need to promote uh, Dr. George Koontz is going to be on uh, Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors. And nice. I believe that airs on Mondays. Is that right? Monday? I think it's Mondays, yeah. I don't know, you would think. And, uh, yeah, you know, presented by Armored Life. So, uh, and there you go, armoredlife.org. Um, and that's, uh, I believe that's Connor's uh, foundation, if I remember right. And uh, so uh, definitely tune in and listen to that. Uh, is, is, is it Mondays, Bubba? If you can put that on the screen. Uh, we we got to clean this up. We got. I, I got to get this cleaned up. We got to get the clothes here with the promotions cleaned up. This is unacceptable <laughs> on my part. Not yeah, not. it's on Monday at seven p.m. Yeah, Bubba's like, well, you should remember when the damn show is, and I wouldn't have to put it up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, now that I've goofed this up, um, I don't even trust myself to get any more plugs in. I will be. Hey, this is just show number two. I'll be better prepared for show number three. And, uh, you know, I will say this, if there is any breaking news uh, with this whole conference realignment thing, with the potential Pac-12 American Athletic Conference merger, you know, who knows if that's a real thing or not. If anything breaks with that, we will have it here on the Sports Objective. I promise you we'll go live. Uh, hopefully we'll be set up to take your phone calls because that would be a big moment if it happens. So stay tuned. Keep it tuned to all our social media for any updates. When there's real news to put out there, we will put it out there. Uh, we're not going to post rumors and speculate, but if there's any real news to put out there, we'll put it out there. Keep your fingers crossed. And for Brandon Simmons, my co-host Stevie Fly, I am Kyle from Lagrange Barber, and you have been watching and/or listening to just another sports podcast on the Sports Objective Podcast Network. So long, everybody, and go Pirates!